So let me show you a scripture, Matthew 17, 17. Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Good morning. Are you glad you came so far? <laughs> Not a great way. You're praying, and this, these are his first words back to you. <laughs> Lord, we need a miracle. You faithless and perverse. Whoa, Jesus. All right, but this is how it started. How long shall I be with you? How long should I, should I deal with your lack of faith? How long should I bear with you? Bring him to me. And this is a boy that needed deliverance. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Now the disciples are hurt. Their pride has, has been hurt uh, because they tried delivering this boy and they couldn't do it. So after everything was said and done, they're like, yo, so um, so like, why, why were you able to do that? And why could we not cast it out? What, what, what's the deal here? So Jesus said to them, watch this. It's because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you had faith as a mustard seed, so you don't even need a lot of faith. You just need a little bit of faith. You will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind, this, this thing that happened, because there are things in your life where you're going to have to not just Pray a little mamby-pamby prayer or just throw a little something cute on Facebook, but you're going to gonna need to get a breakthrough from God. Amen? It's not every, it's not every day, okay, because we can't fast every day or we would die. But there are certain times that some things only come out. Some things are only removed. Some things can only be broken through by prayer and fasting. Let me talk uh, from this subject, press in. Press in. If you're in the room, elbow your neighbor, say press in. And if you're online, can you type it in the chat? Press in. Press in. Press in. So pretty amazing. Um, Jesus comes off the mountain. He had been in prayer. He had been in fasting. And there's commotion. There's noise. There's urgency in the air. And a father brings Jesus, uh, his son, who needs deliverance. And he says, hey, uh, your disciples have been praying. Your disciples have been uh, trying to cast this demon out. They cannot do it. And Jesus does it. And the disciples pull him aside later on. And they say, so why, why can't we do this? And maybe, maybe you've asked questions like this. Why? Why am I spiritually defeated? Why can't I break that addiction? Why can't I get free from the fear? Why can't, why can't I get my emotions under control? Why don't I, why don't I have spiritual power and spiritual authority in my life. Um, Jesus answers them. And again, I love what Jesus answers them with. He doesn't say, guys, no condemnation. It's, it's because I'm God. You're not God. I'm God. That's why I was able to do it. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. No, it's not what he says. Huh? He says there's actually a lack of faith. There is actually... Uh, I, I love this. I'm not going to preach on it, but I want to preach on it. That word faithless, um, in the Greek, faith is pistos. And in the Greek, this word for uh, a lack of faith or faithless is apistos. He's, what he's saying is you have like anti-faith. <laughs> like you, everything in you, it looks spiritual and religious. And you're like, come out here. But not, nothing about it is faith. 
Everything about it is you. Nothing about it is me. It's like you're, you're operating in an anti-spirit of what I want to do. Okay, that wasn't in my notes, but I just had to get that out real quick. So he says, he says you're lacking faith. They did not have faith. The crowd did not have faith. The father did not have faith. Now, here's what I know about my life and probably about your life. There's usually parts of your life where you have a lot of faith. You can believe God for X. You can believe God for this. You can believe God for that. But then there's other things where it's really hard to believe. Can I, can I get a witness? That's where you have to pray and fast. Because there's some, like, some of you have never dealt with anxiety, never dealt with fear, never dealt with worry. And you look at people who have it, and you go, how are they even, why are they tripping? That's cool. But your, your fight might be a different fight. And then other people are real worried about this, and other people can't get victory in this addiction, and other people, okay, that's where you have to pray. You have to, you have to attack that, that anti-faith with faith. Okay, now he doesn't just say, you guys need more faith. We'll see you tomorrow. No, he says, you, you guys need more faith. Here's the answer. Here is how to grow in faith. You need to pray and you need to fast. Because prayer and fasting will not only increase your faith, it can be used as a weapon against specific unbelief. I've never heard this before. And I don't think it's heresy. I think I'm preaching the Bible right now. Where you can attack a specific thing in your life with prayer and fasting. So I, I believe in God for money, easy. Or maybe believe in God for health, easy. Or maybe believe in God for your marriage, easy. Or believe in God for your kids, whatever it might be. But man, when it comes to that, man, when it comes to that, this thing, this kind, this, this demon, I just cannot seem to get free from, and Jesus says, you're going you're gonna to have to go after that thing with prayer and fasting. And he says, there's, there's two things between you and your breakthrough. Watch it. You're faithless and you're perverse. Woo. Don't log off. Don't you dare log off. So I want to I come against these two things, and I want to give you power even this week as we pray and fast to understand this. Number one, prayer connects me to God. Okay, prayer connects me to God. That's the faithless thing. The first thing I have to do is I have to reconnect to God. This word faithless literally means to reject or refuse. Oh, man, this is so powerful. God's inbirthings of faith. Oh, man. Remember Jesus said the word and faith is like a seed? He's, and, and the sower's constantly sowing the word. Mark chapter 4, he's constantly sowing the word. So there's this constant seed being sown in my soul. But to be faithless is to reject or refuse God's in birthings of faith. Let me, let me tell you when it really hap it happens in disappointment. Because you believed God for something and it didn't happen. So the next time the preacher preaches on it, you go, I can't, I can't believe for that. Because 
Or man, we tried that business and it didn't work. Or man, 2022 was terrible and I can't believe God again. Or I can't dream again. Or I can't. There's this in and and unbelief to be faithless is God's trying to sow a new seed of faith in your soul, but you refuse and reject God's inbirthings of faith. So there's this seed that God's trying to produce, but we just. We, we, we shut it down. But it is in prayer that I say yes to, that I submit to, that I give into these inbirthings of faith. Ian Bounds said it like this, prayer should not be regarded as a duty which must be performed, but rather as a privilege to be enjoyed, a rare delight that is always revealing some new beauty. Here's what's amazing about when you read the Sermon on the Mount, you you listen to the teaching of Jesus. He would talk about when you pray, pray like this. When you fast, fast like this. And when you give, give like this. He didn't say if, he said when. When you pray, when you give, when you fast. And if there are three sins that the American church is most guilty of, it's that we do not pray, we do not give, We do not fast. But to Jesus, it was not if, but when. When you give into that inbirthing of faith, when you say yes to God in prayer fasting, yes, when you say yes to God in generosity, not not if, but when. Prayer may not be the only thing we do, but it must be the first thing we do. Type this in the chat, say it out loud, say pray first, pray first. You've got to learn to pray first. Prayer must be the first thing, the preeminent thing, the highest thing. Not the I've done everything else, I guess we ought to pray. Prayer must be first. From the place of prayer, I do everything else in my life. I just have a question for everybody in the room. Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about your marriage? Have you prayed about your business? Have you prayed about your future? Have you prayed about your past? Have you prayed about your kids? Have you prayed about, have you prayed about it? Pastor, pastor, pray for me. Have you prayed about it? I need somebody to pray for me. You bet. But have you prayed about it? Put me on the prayer list. You got it. Have you prayed about it? I need somebody to lay hands on me. Absolutely. But have you prayed about it? Because what is powerful in the kingdom is agreement. But if I pray and you don't pray, if I have faith and you don't have faith, there there isn't going to be a connection anyway. Because how can two walk together unless they agree? So, So I said, what... Have you prayed about it? I don't know what it is, but it is the thing for you that dominates your emotions Dominates your heart, dominates your mind, dominates your imagination, dominates every, every part of your emotion. That's the thing. You, you, you must ask God to increase your faith for it. I love what Chris Hodges says. Prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. 
There's a life you can have, but man, there's a life if you will pray that God will let you in on. Remember the apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh, 1 Corinthians 12, and he prayed about it. And God gave him two things. He gave him, he gave him grace for the moment and he gave him power over his weakness. And every time you pray, two things are always released, grace and power, always. There's a grace released and a power released only in prayer. Okay, now I, I, I said something bold earlier. I got ahead of my notes. I said that to not pray is a sin. I said we're guilty of, of the sin of not praying. Let me just show it to you in the Bible, okay, because I want everything we do to be by Scripture. Samuel says this in 1 Samuel 12, 23, but as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Samuel said it would be a sin not to pray. To refuse to pray is a sin. Why? Because it rejects God's influence and inbirthing in my life. Do I have to pray? Like, do I have to fast? Which is where most people are. What, what, what's the least I can do and guarantee heaven? Do I have to? So let's imagine that in marriage. Shannon says, hey, can you do the dishes? Do I have, like, is this like a divorce issue? Hey, can you put Goldie to bed? Like, do I have to? Like, can I have a kiss? Like, I mean, are you going to leave me if I don't? Do I have to? See, see how, we, how we resist what the Holy Spirit wants to do? Hey, you never pick up the phone. I mean, do I have, like, are you going to leave me if I don't pick up the phone? Like, what? You never text me back, babe. I mean, do I have to? Like, do I have to write you back to be married to you? Imagine. And yet, that's how we fight God. Do I have to pray? Do I have to go to church? Like, do I have to? I mean, I'm still going to heaven. Cool. Like, if that's what, if that's what you want your argument to be, I'm still married. <laughs> Where there is honor, there is intimacy. And when there is no honor, there is no intimacy. You can go to heaven and miss out on everything God wanted to do in your life because you were trying to argue with have-tos. And like the Apostle Paul says, there's going to be a lot of Christians that go to heaven smelling like the smoke from hell. That's in your Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. They're going to barely get in. They're going. And I, I just do not want to walk into heaven with my hair fringed and looking like home alone, some, you know, burned up but made it. You know, in John 15, Jesus is giving this, um, this discourse on if, if you'll remain in me and if you'll be connected to me and if you'll love me and if you'll obey me. He, he then says something that we've actually taken out of context. He says, if you'll do these things, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. That's not for everybody. I am a friend of God. Maybe. Maybe. Okay, he don't call everybody a friend. 
Only those who are connected to the vine. Only those that are in intimacy with God. Only those. You might be a Christian. But only, only friends obey. Okay, now, now, now. But then he goes on to define friendship. He goes, because servants don't know their master's business, but you're going to know my business. Wisdom, discernment, fruitfulness, all happen in friendship, in intimacy. Not just because I live under the same roof with her. Does that mean there would be intimacy? And, and just because you're under the blood doesn't mean there's intimacy. And I know so many Christians that they don't know what to do and they don't know what's next and they're, and they're constantly bound, they're constantly beat up by the enemy and they're constantly discouraged and they're constantly fearful and they're constantly worried. And, but they're, but they're, they're, they're fighting God on all the wrong things. Oh, but man, if, if you could ever learn to pray, there is a faith released in your humility to become a person of prayer. Can I get a good amen right there? So, so number one, prayer connects me to God. But number two, fasting disconnects me from the world. Okay. Prayer connects me to God. Fasting disconnects me from the world. Because the second thing he said, he said, not only are you faithless, number two, you're perverse. Okay, interesting word. Let me break it down for you. To, to be perverse, perverse in this here, is to be against the purpose and plan of God. Whoa. Jesus walks into a prayer meeting and says, you, your mentality is against my purpose and my plan. Lord Jesus, have mercy. And as crazy and like as impossible and even as harsh as that sounds, we've all been there. We've all had moments like the prodigal son, Luke 15, where our mindset turns against the purposes and plans of God. And we start fighting against God. No condemnation. It happens to the best of us. How do you reset? How do you return? How do you repent? Fasting. It's in fasting that I reconnect to God and I disconnect from the world. I've gotten too connected to the world and I've gotten so disconnected from God and now I need to reconnect to God. I need to disconnect from the world. It's not that Jesus said, y'all are perverse and you're going to hell, see you later. No, no, no. He said, there is an antidote. There is a medicine. There is, there is a way to disconnect from that. This word perverse also means to be twisted and distorted into different shapes. You just, you, you kind of start getting into that Romans 12. You start to be conformed. Look at this, Romans 12 too. You start to get conformed to the pattern of this world. You start getting twisted into different shapes, your attitude, your mindset, your faith, your heart. Things start getting cold. Things start turning away. This word perverse literally means to, to uh, stand against or to, or to turn. You, your heart just kind of starts getting cold. Come on, somebody. You get busy and you're working hard and been going crazy on the holidays and things are going, things are going. And, and before you know it, you've kind of just turned away from God. 
You don't hate God. You're not an evil person. You've just kind of, you've kind of gotten out of shape. Come on. <laughs> gotten bent out of shape. You've gotten, you, 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 the, the world's just kind of conformed you. So what do I have to do? I have to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So I'm either going to be conformed or transformed. And fasting is going to help me disconnect from that thing that's trying to shape me into somebody else and bring me back. Listen, fasting does not change God. God doesn't go, whoo, they're fasting. I better answer before they die. I better, they're on a hunger strike. No, no, no. Fasting changes me. Because in fasting, I slow down, and in fasting, I change my rhythm, and in fasting, I focus on God, and in fasting, I get quiet, and in fasting, I press in, and in fasting, I tell my body, you're not in charge, as it's growling. You're not the boss, and as you're, you, you stand up and you get a little dizzy, you're not the boss. And, of course, on the week that you're fasting, there's some free lunch at your work. It's always, but you're not the box. It's, it's always that. The week of the fast, oh, I just got a gym membership. I was going to start working out. No, you're not the boss. See, in, in, in fasting, I change and I get transformed and I resubmit and I, and I come back into the original form that God has for me and I, and I come back into what God has for me and I, and I stop fighting against his purposes and plans for my life. And we will all do it. That's why prayer and fasting is so important because it's that, it's that season in our life that we kind of recalibrate. Y'all ever been driving? You, you know, you, you kind of let go of your steering wheel to see where it's at, and it'll really pull hard right or really pull hard left, and you got to go get that thing realigned. How many know sometimes your flesh and your life and your mind, it's like, whoa, man, it is pulling? I'm going to get in trouble. What is that? you got to realign. you got to return, repent, get restored, get realigned. That's what fasting does. So let me give you some promises of fasting. Fasting releases wisdom and direction. You're entering into a new year. Do you need wisdom and direction? Fasting is the key. Acts chapter 13, verse 2. One day, as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, what's that? They were worshiping and they were fasting and God started talking. Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work for which I've called them. So after, watch this, they were like, was that God? Maybe that was God. Maybe that wasn't God. Let's, more fasting and prayer. The men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. They, they pray and they fast and they get this God leading and then they respond with, let's pray and fast a little bit more. Let's get a little more clarity. Think about this. That's what you do. You don't just fast for one day and go, man, nothing happened. No, no, no. And they prayed and fasted more. They, they kept seeking God. They kept worshiping. They kept, they, they kept crying out to God. They kept disconnecting from the world. And as they were disconnecting from the world, the voice of the Holy Spirit got louder and louder. 
So listen, we should walk in wisdom. We should walk in community. We should walk in alignment with the revealed word of God in his word. But there's going to be things in scripture that just, or things in your life that just aren't in the Bible. There isn't a chapter and verse for who to marry. There isn't a chapter and verse on what job to take. There isn't a chapter and verse on what school to put your kids in or what city to live in. I, don't, I didn't get a chapter and verse on what land we should buy. There, there isn't a chapter and verse on Sierra Vista High School. <laughs> I wish there was. But as the apostles were praying and fasting, the Spirit of God began to talk. Okay, so why does God talk to us when we fast? Two reasons. Number one, because when you fast, you're, you're letting God know you're serious. Period. You're just... God, I'm not being casual. For the next seven days, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast. And I'm going to honor you, whether it's a Daniel fast or whether you, 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 you fast throughout the day and eat at night or, or what, whatever you're going to, or you're just not going to, you're going to skip sugar. Maybe you're going to get off all social media and all that stuff. You should do that. Absolutely. Let's do that for the whole year. Amen. Not just for, <laughs> what, what you're letting God know is, God, I'm serious. And God responds to that because he is a person. He he has a mind. He understands. And he goes, wow, they, they mean this. But secondly, whenever you fast, you get quiet. You just do. Because you're not just chomping all the time. You're not just snacking all the time. You're not just watching. You're not just scrolling and eating, scrolling and eating, scrolling and eating. No, you're, you're getting quiet. And you're reading and you're praying and you're, you, you approach the week different. And what happens? God doesn't shout. He never does, never, he's not going to, until his second coming, he's not going to shout. He's only going to, he's going to descend with a shout then, but until then, he ain't shouting. For real. So your life has to get quiet enough to hear. Less noise, less distractions, less volume. God starts speaking. I, I think it's just amazing that the apostles knew this. Okay, Paul feels this call to go into ministry. Let's not just have like a, an elder board meeting about it. Let's not check what the news thinks. Let's not, let's, let's pray and fast. Let's get quiet. Let's see if God will talk. And he always does. Woo, say amen, everybody. Okay. Number two, fasting speeds up answers. Oh, Yes. Fasting speeds up answers. Isaiah 58, verse 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Everybody say quick. quick. Watch this. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Everybody say quick. quick. Check this out. Fasting speeds up answers. So here's, here's a question I asked when I read this scripture. What is quick? Quick is quicker than if you didn't fast. That's why I'm a pastor, guys, right there. I'm, that's why I'm a theologian. You're welcome. I don't know what quick is. I just know it's quicker than if you weren't fasting. Think about Daniel. Daniel prayed, and the angel of the Lord told Daniel, Daniel, the moment you prayed, God heard your prayer. But there's been a fight in the heavenlies. This is in the book of Daniel. There's been a fight in the heavenlies. But as you've been fasting, 
the archangel Michael said, we've broken through that, that principality and power, and we brought the answer. The answer was done immediately, but then there was a fight. I don't know how all that works theologically. I just know it's in the Bible. And it was in fasting that a breakthrough began to happen. Fasting speeds up answers. This is, this is something that you should really get a lifestyle of. Some, something big's coming up, you should set aside a day to fast. You got some major decisions, set aside three days and fast. Can't seem to get a breakthrough in an area, set aside a time to fast. Not just at the beginning of the year, but all throughout the year, moments in your life where you go, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push away the plate or push away the noise or push away the distractions or whatever, and I'm going to seek God. And I'm telling you, God always answers. How about this? Fasting brings victory. Fasting brings victory. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. Is it okay that we're just reading the Bible? Is that all right? Is this all right? Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and begged the Lord for guidance. Now, he didn't stop there. It's, it's like he put gasoline on the fire and ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. You see that? Terrible news comes. He begins to pray, and then he goes, but let's, let's supercharge this moment of prayer. Let's also call a fast. So the people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So Judah was surrounded. There was an enemy all around them. They would have absolutely been defeated because they were outnumbered. There was little hope. What do they do? They begin to fast and pray. And in their praying and fasting... We didn't read it, but the next few verses would reveal that then the prophet of God speaks and give them strategy. So first, attack. Second, fear. Third, prayer. Fourth, fasting. Fifth, strategy. And then victory. So it's okay to experience that. It's okay to... Feel that fear at first. It's okay to go, oh, I'm anxious about this. It's okay to, oh man, I don't know. But then, but don't just stop there, then begin to pray. And then when you add fasting to it, boy, something just goes to the next level. And then all of a sudden the voice of God begins to speak and you start getting strategy. Okay, I think here's what we should do next. Okay, here's what I think we should probably. And all they go from, from being terrified to victory. In literally just hours. And this is what fasting does. Prayer and fasting. I know that people are watching. I know that people are worshiping with us. I'll have the keys come back up. I'm almost done. I know people are worshiping with us. I know, I, I know that people are, are, are seeking God and, and you've got big decisions to make. And you're believing God for big things. And, uh, you need big miracles. And I, I get it. I want to encourage you to bring prayer and fasting into your life. I want to bring you back one more time to Matthew 17. This was a prayer meeting. It was a prayer meeting without faith. It, it, had, um, it had desire. It had volume. It had excitement. Uh, I believe it had a level of, of earnestness. 
It had passion, but it did not have faith. It had all, it looked the part. It sounded the part. But there was no breakthrough. And Jesus says it is time to pray and fast. And I, I want to talk to people believing God for big things. I want to I say this, just 2022 was the, was the greatest year of our life. It was the greatest year of our ministry. It was the greatest year of our lives personally. It was a, on every level, it was the greatest year. And I'm praying and fasting because I refuse to get comfortable and casual with the things of God. So instead of going, man, 22 is great. Let's just run it back, Lord. Nope. I'm starting again in desperation. I'm starting again in quietness. I'm starting again asking God, oh God, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory and put your hand on me. Free me from pain and harm. I'm, I'm starting again. And for others of you, you're going, it was the worst year. It was terrible. It was awful. I'm so discouraged. Okay, don't give in to it. Press in. Press in. I've done this before. Do it again. Can I tell you, 2024, we're going to do it again. I don't care if this world is in nuclear war. We're going to do it again. I don't care if gas is $20 a gallon. We're going to be praying and fasting again. I don't care if all is right in the world. Gas is $1.50. Mortgage rates drop to 3%. You get a house and you get a house and you get a house. And you, cool. We're going to pray and fast again. I don't care what's going on out there. We start the year. Because over time, we get out of shape. And over time, we... Our heart comes against the plans and purposes of God. Over time, we start pushing down and refusing that seed of faith on the inside of us. So in prayer and fasting, we return. That's what Joel said. That's what God said through the prophet Joel. Return to me in prayer and fasting. In the book of Joel, he says, come on, realign your heart, realign your soul, realign your life. Remind your body for the next seven days, you, you are not Lord. <laughs> you're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. You, you do something in the natural that brings change in the spiritual. Again, I'm not asking our church to go seven days water only and fall asleep at work every day. That's not what I'm talking about. You, you, you've got to figure out what you're going to do. And if, if you need to talk to a doctor, talk to a doctor before. But, but do something. Here's what I would say. Do something for seven days. Maybe it's the Daniel fast and we just do veggies. Like a vegan thing, like what Daniel did in the book of Daniel. Maybe it's that sunup to sundown thing. Maybe it's liquids. Maybe it's no sugar. Maybe it's getting off all the social accounts for a week and turning off um, music that isn't Christian, turning off the news, turning off the TV and just 
saturating with, with the word and worship, whatever it is. But let's all do, do something for seven days. I, I'm just reminded one more time of, of Acts chapter 13. They worshiped, they fasted, they heard from God. So they fasted some more. <laughs> so even if you get your breakthrough on Monday morning, stick with it. Even if on day four you're like, man, all the answers have come. I got my, okay, cool, stick with it. Just watch God intensify. His voice will get louder, not because he ever raised his voice, but because you got quieter. Quieter and quieter. Whew. I'm believing for breakthrough over these next few days. I'm believing for answers. Oh, Lord, I come into agreement with everybody who's going to be praying and fasting with us. Lord, I'm th- I thank you in advance that you're going to meet with your people in a supernatural way. Thank you for direction, for words, for healing. I thank you for the healing of relationships. I thank you for that loving conviction of the Holy Spirit that's just going to guide us right on through. Thank you for miracle answers, things that have been held up for months and years. There will be breakthroughs in the heavenlies. Thank you, Lord, for miracles, signs, and wonders. In the lives of your people, we give you glory for it. Lord, we don't want to be faithless. We want to be faith-filled. We don't ever want to be accused of being perverse. We want to be surrendered. So we, we turn to you and we start this year with prayer, with fasting. And we believe that as we do it, our faith will grow and our lives will be changed. If you're watching right now and you've never given your life to Christ, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're watching right now and you say, you know what, Javen, at one time I walked with God and I feel far from God. I feel like I've walked away from the Lord. Pray with me. Give your life back to Him. Surrender again to Him. The scripture says anyone who calls on his name would be saved. Let's all pray together. Let's pray out loud. Wherever you're at right now, wherever you're watching this at right now, pray. And God will meet with you. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. And that is enough. What you've done for me is enough. Jesus, be my Lord. Be my Savior. Amen and amen. We believe if you prayed that prayer from your heart, your life will never be the same. Let us know. Let us know in the chat right now. That was me. I just prayed. I just prayed. I just prayed. That was me. So we can celebrate you and help you in your walk with the Lord. Amen and amen. I'm believing, man. It's going to be an awesome seven days ahead. Can't wait to see what God's going to do. Anybody expect him for it? Come on, make some noise. Clap those hands. Hey, if you're in Vegas, come say hi to us. We worship every Sunday morning, 10 a.m., 11.30 a.m. at Sierra Vista High School here on the southwest part of town. Wherever you're watching from around the world, we love you as well. We're grateful that you're worshiping with us. And, of course, all of our friends in correctional facilities, thank you for for joining with us in in prayer over these next seven days. Um, I I really do believe that every person who's a part of this ministry is going to get answers, answers, answers. In Jesus' name, amen.
All right, we love you, church. Have a great week.